You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Now, I'm not going to do what everyone thinks I'm going to do, which is just to freak out. Not going to do it. I'm, I'm, you know, I feel a little sick to my stomach. I wish today never happened. I'm not going to go so far as to say I wish I was never born, but it's 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 been a it's been a rough day. This actually feels very similar to how I felt after the Vikings game, like after that tie, where it's like, eh, I just I okay, yeah, whatever, <laughs> I guess. It's exactly how I feel, and I'm watching the Packers all celebrate, and it's like, yeah, cool, yeah, all right. I really I I I hit record. But I just, I don't have anything to say to this. It's just, listen, here's the bottom line. In in a very small sense, I'm not going to say I get it, but I can respect it. And here's what I respect. If you're saying, and clearly you must be, if you're telling me that your philosophy is, we're not playing scared, we're not worried about the draft, we're not worried about any of that stuff, I don't care about any of that stuff, we just want to go out and dominate, dominate, dominate. That's all we know. And I don't care if we come in next next year with a number one overall pick in Nick Bosa or if we're strolling in with some nobody bunch of bums. I don't even need a draft. We're going to come in with who we got and we're just going to dominate. And domination starts today and every day. Now, obviously, that's a little silly, but let's just play with that philosophy because clearly that's that's what's happening right now. This is the Green Bay Packers philosophy. We're going to get up in our head and we're going to get all big and bad. And the Green Bay Packers are the greatest and cool. I don't know if that's really sustainable with this roster of untalented individuals, but let's just roll with that. That's cool, but you better bring it. Okay? That means... Next season in 2019, when we don't have any talent on this roster, and you can't beat anybody but the Jets, I want to see that same fire and passion. I want to see Aaron Rodgers smiling through four quarters. I want to see this same energy. Bring it in 2019. Because you already messed up everything else. You messed it up. You did. You messed it up. We Okay, draft, whatever. I mean, we'll get players. That's cool. We got two firsts. Granted, we... <laughs> We'll get into that in a minute, but we sort of nullified our draft pick. Our second first-round draft pick is basically nullified, in a sense. We'll get into that. But, um, no, no, that's... Uh, listen, mad respect right here. If you want to go into this season, 2019, with the offensive line that you've got, with Devontae Adams and question mark, 
with no real tight ends, with a banged-up and thin and potentially injury-prone running back group, with um, a defensive line that is basically Kenny Clark, a declining Mike Daniels, and question mark, with no edge rushers, with one corner who seems like his, his confidence is getting a little bit shattered. It's been a couple weeks since I've seen him flash. Much love, Jair. Hope you're doing okay. As I said, good chance one of our stars gets injured. Sure enough, Jair goes down. Whatever, I'm sure he'll be fine for next year. We got no safeties, but fine. We're going to come into this with, you know, maybe we don't, I don't even know if we're going to have Tremont, but we'll come in with whatever players we got. Raven Green and Josh Jones with Jair and probably not Kevin King because he's going to be hurt. So Jair and, and Josh Jackson and Bashad Breland and Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark and, you know, Kyler Fackrell. That'll be our defense. And we'll come in with maybe like a fifth-round guard with Lane Taylor, Bakhtiari, Spriggs maybe. I don't know. I mean, hopefully we bring back Balaga, but I don't know, man. It, it doesn't matter about players anymore. We're not playing for players. We're just We're just in it for the passion and the energy and the drive, man. It's all about the grit. It doesn't even matter. We're just going to grind on it. All right. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, you're going to do what you're going to do. I, I, can't, I can't fix it at this point. You broke it. Nothing I can do. You messed it up. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Yeah, exactly. Saving that clip, by the way. I still have the my knee quote that I don't think I've used since. Save that for next year, I guess. But we, we, I mean, we can't get it back. And what, you know, again, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to yell. But I'm seeing a lot of jubilation by some fans on Twitter <laughs> because we barely beat the Jets in overtime in a game in which the Jets broke their franchise record in penalties. If they, listen, we we gave up every single drive and then on third down, we just launched a garbage football up in the air, and we got a pass interference call. They had 16 penalties. They gave us this. We had to have, we barely beat the Jets in which they had one of the worst performances in franchise history. Insofar as penalties go, it was the worst ever. And we just barely beat them in overtime. So yeah, if we're going to bring this big bad energy next season, that's cool. But from where I'm sitting, and listen, I, I, I love it. I'm glad. There were some awesome things. I thought the Devontae Adams to Aaron Rodgers connection, there were a couple passes that was like, whoa, that looked a little bit like chemistry to me. Because it wasn't just like a decent throw and Devontae Adams making a great catch. This was like timing, you know, the whole thing where Aaron Rodgers throws it, Adams comes out of his break after the ball's out of his hand, makes a smooth catch, and it was just like this simple... There was a time when we would just run little slant routes, and it was just... It it happened like that, and it was 8, 9, 10 yards. And it was like, this is... How do you stop this team? That's what those... Th- that last touchdown to win the game. That was beautiful. It really was. I mean, it was it was awesome. It was It was just clean. It was just, it wasn't overly complicated like everything this year has been. 
it was just nicely executed. It was a good play call. It was a great route. It was a perfect ball. It didn't look strained. We didn't have to extend the play. He just dropped back in the pocket, waited for Devontae to come out of his break, throw the ball in the correct position, caught it, touchdown, game over. Unfortunately, it came in this game in which I kind of wish it didn't happen. After, yes, several other... I think there were two on the final drive, pass interference, whatever. That looks good. The problem is I'm not worried so much about Aaron. And I'm I'm glad he looked good. I'm glad... (laughs) I'm glad, but I was a little frustrated watching him smile through that game because it's like, you couldn't do that the rest of the season? Like, where was this? You couldn't do that against the Bills and the, the Redskins and the Lions. I know we beat the Bills, but still, what what is this nonsense where you're pouting all season and then in a game where it doesn't matter and actually hurts the team to win, you decide this is where you're going to decide to play well? I don't get that. Maybe that's just me. But again, cool, man. You're going to bring it now. You... And the rest of these guys, you and Bakhtiari and Jair and Devontae Adams, you guys are just going to drag the rest of these bare bones right into the Super Bowl. Because that's the plan. And listen, I know we're all jack... Okay. <sighs> let, let me address the, the first thing first, and we'll get back to that. I made a comment that we forfeited our first-round pick. Here's essentially what I mean by that. Here's the cool thing about my position as opposed to the opposing position that says winning is more important and, you know, this is good for chemistry and for leadership. It's hard to quantify um, chemistry and leadership, especially as it pertains to next season. I can, to at least a relatively accurate degree, quantify the value of how much we got hurt by this win. There's a little thing on the interwebs called an NFL Draft Trade Value Chart. There's a billion of them. Type it in, you'll get a bunch of different websites. They all have one. And what it does is it it assigns a numeric value to each and every draft pick in the draft. For example, let's just say that we lost to the Falcons and we lost to the Jets. Do you know what pick we would have in the draft? We would have the fifth overall pick right now. As of, as of today, if the season ended today, we would be drafting fifth. The numeric value that's assigned to the number five overall pick in the draft is 1,700. Currently, where we sit is 14th. The value of the 14th overall pick is 1,100, which is to say we lost about 600 points in draft value by winning those two games. Would you like to know the value of the 32nd overall pick? 590. That's interesting. We lost 600 points in value, and we have a first-round pick worth about 590. Now, we can look at that and say, well, whatever, I'd still rather have two picks. But let me ask you this question. What if we trade up to get a player? What does that mean? If we use two picks to move up in the draft, and we could fall even further. Let's say we use two picks to move up and get Josh Allen. What does that mean to you? Essentially, what that means is we had to forfeit our second first round pick to move up and get a player that we could have got without moving had we just lost those two games meaning we forfeited a pick that's what that means if we want to get the players like Josh Allen like Ed Oliver like Quinn and Williams we now have to forfeit our other Saints pick we have to forfeit it we have to give it to another team to move up and get these guys that we could have drafted 
had we not won these meaningless games. Because it's going to take our, depending on what the Saints do, if the Saints get knocked out immediately, then we would get, let's see, if it's, if it's pick 25, let's just say then that's 720 points of value. We could potentially move up to four with that, because number four is, is 1,800. But what if we win again? What if we win again and slide all the way down to, let's say, 17? 17 is only worth 950. What's 950 plus, say, 600, which is number 31, um, you know, 31st pick? Say the Saints lose the Super Bowl. We're looking at about 1,000 plus 600 is 1,600. That's pick six. Again, that's what I mean by we forfeited a pick. So I hope it's worth it because we essentially just gave up our other, our second first round pick so that we could beat the Jets and the Falcons, and it was so hard not to yell right there. Oh, the, the, the amount of rage that just flushed into my body when I said that sentence. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I am not happy. Do you understand what I'm saying to you right now? We gave it away. So, I mean, we still get two picks, and that's cool, and as long as we don't trade. And I don't even want to trade, because if we trade, then we officially did forfeit the pick. At least this way, we get two picks. Don't trade up. Take the two picks and hope we get lucky. Hope that our number 17 overall pick ends up being an absolute freak and would have been a good pick at five, because that's the best chance we have of making this not a nightmare. Again, I can quantify it. If you'd like to try to quantify the value of beating the Jets in overtime barely because they gave it to us, because they couldn't stop grabbing and pushing our wide receivers who weren't even open to begin with, when the ball wasn't even thrown well, go ahead and try to quantify that for me. Tell me what the value of that is in 2019 because I got, the, I got a chart right here that can tell you how much we got hurt in 2019. Definitive. Quantitative. I got the numbers. So again, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, I wanted a good draft pick too, but man, it felt good to win, didn't it? I mean, I, I guess, are you okay with giving up our pick? Are you okay with, I mean, literally, I'm, I'm not, this isn't just me just saying random stuff. I'm telling you definitively, we lost our first round draft pick. That is essentially what just happened. That is, it's the exact same equivalent. We lost it. We gave it away so that we could beat the Jets and the Falcons. We gave it up for that. You tell me if it was worth it. You tell me if you still feel good about it. You tell me if the smile on beautiful Aaron Rodgers' face is worth it to you. If the glimmer in his eye is worth it to you. Because it's not for me. It's just not. To be completely honest, the fact that we basically lost to the Jets is kind of embarrassing. I don't know why Packers fans are going around putting putting on a parade. You're telling me that this is a team and this is a fan base that expects to win a Super Bowl in 2019 and we want to put on a parade because we barely beat the Jets? That doesn't sound like a fan base and a team that's really thinking we're going to be anything next year. I I don't know, man. Again, I whatever. I don't care. Cool, great, fun. Yay, we win. Round of applause, Devontae Adams wasn't terrible, Rodgers wasn't terrible, we don't have a defense anymore, but whatever. You know, the Jets almost got like 40 points on us, right? One of the worst offenses in the NFL pretty much just annihilated our defense. Whatever, no, it's, it's, it's fine, it's cool. I'm sure it's because we have like three people that are out. And if, if we had Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels 
and Kevin King and Jair for four quarters, they would have only got like seven points. It's only because those four guys were out. That's that's what it was. Definitely. In 2019, man, ooh, baby. Top five defense. Just got to get these guys healthy. Guaranteed. Write it up. Write it down. Write it over and over and under and through the river. To grandmother's house we go. Just, just, Just write it down, man. Chisel that thing in stone. Guaranteed. This defense is elite. Jets only got like 30-ish, 40-ish points because we got a couple hurt guys. Mm, Kenny Clark, if he was there, they would have got like four points. That's it. Two safeties. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Four. That's, that's, that's max. Max four. There's a lot of sarcasm here. But just, I mean, this is what I'm dealing with. And it's, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm glad you're having a good day. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I just want you to understand what it is we're enjoying. This is this is this is the marshmallow test, man. This is what this is. You know what the marshmallow test is? It's something to do with little kids, and it's actually a very very good test. A good test is something that's predictive. In other words, you do a test, you get a result, and then based on that result, you can kind of tell the future. Remember how I've been telling you how I like Pro Football Focus because it helps me tell the future? Marshmallow test kind of does that with kids. It's kind of scary, actually. I'm terrified to let my kids do that test because I'm scared to death of what they're going to say. You know what the marshmallow test is, though? You just simply ask a kid, would you rather have one marshmallow now or two marshmallows later? And if the kid says, I would rather have the one now, which is the lesser result, but I want instant gratification, that's the wrong answer, and they're going to struggle in their life. If they say, I'll take the two later, that's the right answer, and it kind of, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's a good indication of their, you know, decision-making in the future. I feel like a lot of Packers fans are the one marshmallow type. Yeah, this hurts, and I know it's not good for us, but I just want the marshmallow. I'll just take the marshmallow now. And I'm the guy going, you know, I'd kind of like two marshmallows later, to be honest. It's more, and more is better. And I don't mind waiting a little bit. Can we maybe just have the two? No, I just want it now. Let's just do one now. I'll take one right now. Thank you very much. And that's what the... Listen, and who cares what the Packers do? What the fans do, that's what the Packers did. The people in charge of the organization are the one marshmallow kids. (laughs) They took the win. They wanted one today instead of two tomorrow. That's an embarrassment. How do you run an organization that way? That's just it's just, it's just the wrong decision. And that that's why I'm not going to get upset because you know what? I'm just going to sit here and brag. That that's how I'm going to handle my rage. I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get mad at the fans. I'm not going to get mad at Philbin. I'm not going to get mad at Rodgers. I'm not going to get mad at Gutekunst. I'm going to sit in my chair with my giant cup of coffee and and whatever else I got going on, and I'm just going to be happy knowing that I am more intelligent than everybody in the Packers organization. That's what I'm going to say, because it makes me not as angry. But if anybody would like to, you know, explain to me why this was the right decision, that's fine. But you can't. This is the wrong thing. It doesn't help anybody ever do anything whatsoever. 
We're losing value at, and listen, I'm not just talking about the draft. We act like the draft is like this separate little game that we play. It's not a separate game that we play. This is, this is value. These, these numbers are values, and those values are attached to players, and those players are attached to a team, and they're attached to a team for about four or five or possibly more years. The value of your team today is based on several factors. Not the least of which is how much value you got out of the draft. These aren't just random numbers. When I say that we go from from uh, you know number from seventeen hundred down to thirteen hundred and now down to eleven hundred, these aren't. This isn't just some casino game that I'm playing. This isn't just some something random we do in the off season. This is the Green Bay Packers franchise, and these are players that we're drafting that are going to be with the team through the rest of Aaron Rodgers' career. If we want to get another Super Bowl, or two, or however many you want to dream of, it's going to happen because we draft people starting in 2019. But yet we're willing and able and and more than happy to throw away an entire first-round draft pick to beat the Jets. So again, hope it's worth it. Enjoy your marshmallow. I hope it's amazing. I hope it's delicious. And just understand, you're, you, you gave up that second marshmallow, not just for me, but for the Packers and for Rodgers and for everybody else. Nobody gets that second marshmallow because you wanted to beat the Jets. Well, that's fine. That's cool. No, it's all good. I'm, I'm glad you're happy. I, I'm just here for your ha- happiness and satisfaction. That's, that's what life's about. As long as you're happy, everything's fine. It's going to be really unfortunate when you pass away and the world stops spinning. I can tell you that right now. I'm sorry. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not angry. I take everything I've ever said back. You're brilliant. I just don't understand the brilliance. It's, it's, it's sort of like, it's kind of like John Gruden. You know that the guy's just dumb, but you want deep down to believe that they're just a secret genius. Maybe there is some secret genius in this. Maybe, maybe you don't win through draft and develop. Maybe we've been wrong all this time. You don't, draft players and develop them no you you win meaningless games you form chemistry in week 16 when half the team's injured and the other half is giving up you complete a bunch of passes and then people get so excited that the next year they just really want to win and suddenly this this team full of garbage players becomes elite players and it just out of nowhere magic happens because in week 16 we beat the I'm not gonna yell. I'm just gonna punch something. I'm I'm trying as unbelievably hard as I can to control myself, but this is just this is mindlessness. This is mindlessness. This is this is oh my goodness. And I, I listen. I'm I gotta get off this because I I I just oh. You you have to know. You tell please tell me you know that that's not true. Th- this is this is beyond fairy tale land. This is silliness. Aaron Rodgers was excited, so next year we're going to go into the NFL season with bad players and dominate because we beat the Jets in week 16 in overtime. You don't believe that. Oh, please tell me you don't believe that. It hurts my soul that anybody would actually believe that. Please tell me you don't believe that. And if you do, knock it off 
immediately, or at least don't admit it. Go in your closet and tell yourself, and then come out and lie. Because that's embarrassingly ridiculous. No. Teams that win are teams that have good players. The Seahawks, when they went on a run, they went on a run. Why? Because they had one amazing draft in which they had a ton of great players. Why are the Saints going on a run? Because they had a couple unbelievable drafts. Why are the Bears going on a run? Because they had a couple of great drafts and then added Khalil Mack. The Eagles, why did they win the Super Bowl? Well, they had a bunch of great drafts, and then they supplemented in free agency. It was the players. It's the players. The Jaguars, why did they get so far? Great defense. Well, what happened? Was it some crazy thing? The year prior, did they beat somebody in a meaningless game in Week 17? No, they got good players and won football games because they had freaks on defense. Well, who did the Patriots beat in a meaningless game? Nobody ever, because they don't play meaningless games. They play good football with good players. The Steelers, when they win, why do they win? Because they have Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger and Le'Veon Bell. Good players. Why do the Packers used to win and now they don't? Because they used to have good players and now they don't. They used to have an offensive line and now they don't. They used to have wide receivers and now they don't. This isn't rocket science. If you want to win, you have to have good football players. If you don't have good football players, you're not going to win. Then you're not going to get good football players if you don't draft good football players. But, you know, we'll give up a first-round pick. Why? To beat the Jets. Because beating the Jets is more important than drafting good football players. This is what we've learned. And by the way, we talk about free agency. Well, we still got free agency. Here's the... Man, man, this is another can of worms. I think we're going to open it and i got to get out of here. Because I just can't do it. I just can't do it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm... Whatever. Uh, I'm more upset than I thought I was. I'm, I am, uh... It's just there's no words for this. It's just it's it's mindless stupidity, and I I I wish I could have come up with a better word. It's just stupidity. We should have benched Aaron Rodgers. We should have lost the game. Whatever. Let's talk free agency very very quickly because this is something else that annoys me. I, I saw an article. I think it was Acme Packing Company. Whatever they said, Gutekunst is is planning to to spend more in free agency, which is not what he said. He just said if there's players available and we got the money, we're going to add players, which is the same philosophy he had. It's the exact same philosophy Ted Thompson had, technically. It's just different standards, right? So nothing's changing. It's just such... <sighs> he never said, I'm going to spend more. But beyond that, he always... Because the comments that you see on Facebook when people post this article is, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. He went after everybody in free agency. Everybody. He went after Tremaine Johnson. He went after Khalil Mack. He tried to get them. He offered up money. He offered up draft capital. He offered up everything to get everybody. Anytime anybody was available and you heard Ian Rappaport say there's three teams interested, guess which team was on the list? The Packers were on every single list. Brian Gutekunst went after everybody. He just lost out. He offered more. Do you know that he offered more for Khalil Mack than the Bears did? But that Raiders chose the Bears instead of the Packers? Because they just assumed that the Pack- the Bears would have higher picks. The Packers' two first-round picks is worth more than the Bears, what they offered. Because the Raiders gave back some picks. Here's the situation, though. This isn't a supermarket. There isn't just a player there, 
And it's like, oh, this will be $20 million. And Gutekunz walks up and says, here's $20 million. Here's the thing. You have to compete with 31 other teams. Do you know that the Jets, I don't know, you were listening to the telecast. They were talking about how they have over $100 million to spend in free agency. Unbelievable amounts of money. Sums of money that are just beyond belief. The Packers have to compete with about 10 of those kinds of teams that just have 70, 80, 90, 100 million dollars to throw around. What in the world is Gutekunst going to do with 40 million bucks? That's a lot for the Packers, but it's just nothing. That's not anything. Like, oh, we want him. What do you want him for? 15. Somebody else who's the Jets is like, oh, I'll give him 20. Who cares? 20 million is nothing to me. They give up, they overpay $20 million for somebody. They still have 80. That's double what we have after they overpay $20 million for a guy like Le'Veon Bell. The idea that it's like, well, if we don't get him, then Gutekunst didn't try is just nonsense. We have to compete with 31 other teams. We're not going to get most players. We're going to get outbid, outcompeted for. We're not going to get these guys just because we want them. That's not how this works. The draft is, is, is a better option because we have a slot. And when it's our turn, we don't have to compete with anybody. We take the player we want because it's our turn. It's just what it is. And we're not overpaying. We're just paying the market value. That is like a supermarket. We get your, t- your, your tickets, your coupons, and they have a redeemable value. Again, what is a trade value chart? If we had the fifth overall pick, it would be like having $1,700 in your hand. And then you have the fifth overall pick, and you have a player that's worth $1,700. And it's like, oh, look, I have $1,700 because that's what was given to me because we were trash in 2018. But we just gave up a bunch of money. We gave it all up. So instead of 1700 we gave up 600 bucks. We got 1100 We can redeem that and pick 14 when, you know, 10 top-tier players. When Deontay Thompson, the safety we talked about yesterday, he's gone. Quinny Williams is gone. Raquan Davis is gone. Ed Oliver's gone. Nick Bosa's gone. Uh, they're all gone. Josh Allen is gone. Ja'Kai Polite is gone. These guys are gone. We don't get them now. But we beat the Jets, so awesome. Glad we can all sleep well at night knowing we beat the Jets. That's that's unbelievable. I mean, it's really it's really unbelievable if you think about it. How many teams actually can beat the Jets? Like on the Jets' home turf, dude. Very rarely does that happen. Only about what eight or nine teams have beaten the Jets this year. I mean, that's pretty exclusive company we're in. Whatever. I didn't expect it to be this hostile, but I just, it's it's so dumb. This was such a waste. We had an opportunity to get something good out of this year, and we decided we were going to ruin it because we didn't have the guts to get in Aaron Rodgers' face and say, I don't care what you want, you're not playing. Nobody has the guts to do that. Gutekunst didn't have the guts. Murphy didn't have the guts. Philbin obviously isn't going to do it because what does he care? He's trying to win games because he's got a job to do. He's, He's trying to get a job after this. So, it is what it is. That's that's the situation. So, we, we're not getting anything in the draft. We had a terrible year. We had, for the first time in, in I don't know how long, an opportunity to get a, not just a top 10 pick, a top 5 pick, and we just we gave it up. For what, I don't know. For what, I don't know. For, for chemistry, for grit, for these these 
invisible attributes that suddenly mean a lot, but actually, as we all know, don't mean a single solitary thing. It means nothing. This game meant nothing. In 2019, when we go, you know, 1-3 and three to start the season, nobody's going to look back and say, yeah, but imagine if we hadn't beat the Jets. We'd probably be 0-4. Nobody's going to say that. Because you know what? That would be silly. And you would rightly be mocked ruthlessly. Because that's dumb. Is what it is. But look, let me just put a pin in this thing here. I was like everybody, very, very hopeful that this was going to be a very good year. Unfortunately, (laughs) my hope was rooted in kind of exactly what my hope is for next year. It's rooted in a hope that the talent that we have mixed with some kind of, you know, massive leap and uh, all of our draft picks being great and all of our free agents being great and not really accounting for the massive amount of injuries we're going to have. And really just assuming based on nothing concrete or logical that we're just going to have a great year. That didn't really happen. We got off to a pretty rocky start. Then I had kind of hoped that, you know what, maybe after the bye, things are really going to start to solidify. Defense is going to continue to get better, right? This happens sometimes. Sometimes things kind of start to solidify, start to get better over time. You make a run and, and, and things start to, you know, harden toward the end of the year. Rogers is going to get his stuff together. The rookie wide receivers are really going to start to step up. You know, McCarthy's finally going to unleash Aaron Jones, and he's going to be getting, you know, 20 carries a game, and he's going to get 200 yards a game. It's going to be awesome. Or something like that. I don't know. I was hoping didn't happen. And once it became clear it wasn't going to happen, there was one last hope that I had to get some sort of value out of this season, and that was just to lose a couple more games. That's all I was asking for. Just lose a couple more. This isn't what I wanted. I didn't want to to be rooting for losses, but I was just hoping that we could get just just squeeze a little value out of the season, but we're not going to. We didn't want to. So, okay. We're not going to do that. We're not going to lose to the Jets. Aaron Rodgers is going to play next week. Probably not going to have Jair because he got hurt. We're going to get more people hurt next week. Hopefully none of them will be severe. We'll probably go on to beat the Lions. And despite having just the absolute worst season imaginable, we're going to be drafting probably about 16th, which is about average. And considering how terrible this this season was for us, I, okay, I, I guess I guess we were average. I don't know. Almost lost to the Jets, lost to the Cardinals. You know, fine. We were. I guess we were average. That's fair. But this is what we're gonna do. It is what it is. We're going to uh, hope that Gutekunst can just put together a really, really, really good draft. And and again, it you know when the, when the Saints. Um, put together their series of good drafts that got them to where they were. It's not because they had the fifth overall draft. They just really hit on a couple of really good players. And, uh, you know, Drew Brees is having a career year, kind of, I guess. He's playing really well. Everything's just sort of clicking for him. So they hit on quite a few pieces. You know, they got Kamara and, and um, you know, Michael T- uh, Thomas and decent-looking offensive line. Defense is starting to come together a little bit. Um, but I, th- I think also the biggest thing is, in my opinion... And I, you know, I don't want to end out the year 
on this kind of a note because anything's possible. But it really just kind of solidifies my belief that we're probably a couple years away. Maybe if if we had just a dynamite, you know, like a Seattle Seahawks draft where like pretty much every pick was like a first round value. <laughs> just got a bunch of freaks. But I, I just I think we're asking a little bit too much of Brian Gutekunst to say Here's all the holes. Here's all the deficiencies. I want you to get a brand new head coach, a brand new staff, a handful of, you know, players, I guess. I mean, two firsts is still two firsts, I guess, even though our our second first-round pick is basically going to be a second-round pick. Pretty standard Packers first-round pick right there. But it's just a lot to ask. With a new staff and, uh, you know, still going to have to – I mean, you can't fix all these holes. I mean, no team has has no holes, with the exception of maybe the Patriots. Seahawks last year were pretty solid too, or uh, Eagles, I mean. But it's just it's a lot to ask. There's there's way too many question marks at way too many positions. You know, head coach and all this different stuff. It's it's a lot to ask. To assume everything's just going to come together in a year, but we'll see. Again, 2019 will take care of itself. We're not going to get anything out of this year. Zero things. All. I t- <laughs> The last final thing I'm asking for is health. Because, not that, you know, I probably shouldn't even say it, but to my knowledge, there isn't a single player on this team who shouldn't be healthy for next year. As far as I know, there are no injuries that are going to last into even training camp next year. That's that's my final wish for this season. That's I don't have anything else. I got nothing else. We're not even going to get the 10th pick in the draft. So that's out. Can't get into the playoffs. That's already done. I guess the one good thing is I can watch the Lions game and just root for the Packers. Because it just doesn't matter anymore. It just, it really doesn't. We're not going to move very much at this point in the draft. Because it's also dependent on a lot of other teams. A lot of the teams that are drafting higher than us are going to lose. A lot of the teams that are drafting later than us are going to win. And there's only about three of them. So we're not going to fall that much and we're not going to rise that much. I just, you know, just root for the Packers, man. You have my permission. Just, just... Go ahead. Who cares? It doesn't matter anymore. I'll buy in. We might as well buy in to the whole, you know, we're going to prove something for next year thing. I don't get it. I don't think it means anything. But, yeah, let's let's see if Rodgers can string together two really good games. Let's see if we can just rack up a ton of yards and, and Rodgers can just smile through the whole game and, and I whatever. And Capri Bibbs, I want that guy to play. Let my man play, will you? Jamal did look good, though, didn't he? That looked pretty, pretty pretty impressive. He was doing his best Aaron Jones impression there. Anyways, I actually am uh, I'm finishing up the recording this next day. So I recorded about 90% of this yesterday. And then um, sort of my wrap it up segment there at the end was, this is, uh, this is Christmas Eve. And silly me, I forgot that uh, when I was recording this yesterday, I was recording the Christmas Eve podcast. So with that said... I hope you guys have a very awesome Christmas Eve. Sorry I said a negative tone again. If I had realized it, I would have, I don't know, not really even commented on the game, I guess. Just kind of, everything's wonderful. Santa Claus brought us a win. Yay. But yeah, it's all good. I mean, it's just, we we got all our answers. We know everything we need to know for the season. So that's it. We're going to end with a bad record. No playoffs. No good draft spot, but we have two first-round draft picks. We still have a head coach that's coming up pretty soon. We get to find out who that is, as well as a new coaching staff that we're going to be, you know, filling up, and we're going to find out who makes it and who doesn't. And um, 
you know, Gutekunst is going to have a lot to play with. You know, he's not going to, you know, again, free agency probably isn't going to be as good as we all hope because we've got to compete with 31 other teams, but we've got the draft, we've got free agency, we have more capital than we've probably been able to play with in quite some time. We're going to spend it on who, I don't know, but we've got an opportunity. And really, in my opinion, this hinges on three things. And nothing that happened in 2018 is going to necessarily hurt any of these things. It could have helped, but here's the three things. Brian Gutekunst is piece number one. His ability to find people in the draft and find free agents, the right free agents, to make this machine go is pivotal. Number two is going to be the coaching staff. Finding the correct coaching staff to pair with Aaron Rodgers and this offense and complement this defense is pivotal. And number three is Aaron Rodgers. He's, he is the linchpin. You could maybe argue finding him, you know, some help would help him. But we'll, we'll pair that up with Brian Gutekunst. It's his job to analyze what went wrong this season and fix it. And if that's the situation, then fine. But Aaron Rodgers has to come back on fire, man, because his career is winding down. And I don't want him to go out like Brett Favre went out even though Brett Favre kind of made his own mess there by leaving and doing all kinds of nonsense. But the fact of the matter is, when I, w- when I was in school, when I was back in the Capri Bibbs days back in Illinois, I mean, it was like I, I never talked bad about Walter Payton, and very rarely did people talk bad about Brett Favre down there, believe it or not. That might sound weird, but, I mean, you'd occasionally have somebody, like, trash Brett Favre, and you would have Bears fans going, whoa, dude, you got to cool it. Because, literally, there was a time, I don't know if you remember this, Brett Favre was considered maybe the greatest of all time. Very similar to what we say about Rodgers. Brett Favre kind of tarnished that rep- rec- reputation, and now he's kind of a laughing stock. Like, people think Brett Favre, and they literally laugh. Like, oh, you mean the guy who, like, throws a bunch of interceptions? Like, the really goofy guy who played for the Jets and the Vikings and all that drama? the guy that was crying on TV, like all, all this stuff just kind of tarnished everything. So it's, it's nothing is solidified for Aaron Rodgers, especially with all these quarterbacks stepping up. I mean, it, the probability of Aaron Rodgers just being completely forgotten by everybody but Packers fans is very real. So he has to recognize that if, if he cares about anything, I mean, if, if he's good with just, I got the money, I got, you know, my, my friends, I've got, um, my, my lady friend, and I'm content with my life, and I'm content to just ride this thing out into the sunset and just be content to, to do whatever. You know, I could retire today, and I'm fine. Fine, but if he is really as competitive as he says, he's got a couple years to solidify his name because it's been quite a while, to be completely honest, since Aaron Rodgers was the guy everybody's talking about. Right, what what I mean, even even Brady isn't even the top guy anymore. You know, we would talk about Pat Mahomes and you know Jared Goff and Mitch Trubisky, the young guns. I mean, and Sam da- or uh, uh, Baker Mayfield, and then look, you got Lamar Jackson. If he starts to play really well, you got Sam Darnold. If he starts to turn it around, we got a lot of young, talented guys that are just looking to rack up yards and records and reputations. Aaron Rodgers has. A really good highlight reel film, like a highlights video, and one Super Bowl. That's it. So, I'm hoping that that competitive side really takes over and he recognizes the urgency of just being absolutely dominant and stepping back onto the field and saying, no, I'm different. Right? I'm not just a guy. I'm not just one of a pile of good quarterbacks. I am the GOAT. 
And the good thing is we do have the guy on our team with about as much ability as anybody. All this freakish circus stuff that people are talking about with Trubisky, that's Aaron Rodgers, except Aaron Rodgers is better than Trubisky, or, uh, than uh, Mahomes. Right? Rodgers isn't just blindly throwing interceptions as much as Mahomes is. All the no-look passes and the, the bombs and all that stuff, yeah, Rodgers does all that stuff. We have the greatest, we just need him to start playing like the greatest again. And it's tough with all the stuff going, whatever. No more excuses. Right, again, I, like I said, I can respect this. I can respect winning out. I can respect playing tough. I can respect the grit and the, 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 the grind of it. We're not backing down from nobody. We're not losing for anybody. I don't care about the draft. I don't care about any of that stuff. We are a dominant football team, and that starts today and forever. We will always dominate. Don't care what our record says. Don't care about the implications. My job, our job, as a locker room is to go out and just dominate the people across from us. And that's what we're going to do. That's fine. Let's just get that rolling today. Just bring that same energy next year, please. Thank you very much. Anyways, that's going to be about it. I think I've, I've said what I had to say. It is what it is. You folks enjoy very, very much your uh, Christmas Eve. Like I said, there will be a podcast tomorrow. Don't, uh, don't expect the stats to be super high today and tomorrow, but that's fine. Because much like the Packers, I just keep bringing it, man. Well, I'm going to hold up my end of the bargain. We'll see if the Packers are going to do it. But enjoy your day. Enjoy your families. And uh, talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.